0: I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert. My pronouns are also he and him. And And this this is Grizzly
1: Grizzly Kiki. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with James Charles. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95 and they offer great customer service. I should know. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl.
0: Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that?
1: (laughs) Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all
0: the frames and pick your favorite.
1: And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry
0: and Daniel wears Warby Parker and now he can actually see me
1: and i'm now considering a divorce hey to get started head over to slash kiki wait 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 warby
0: porker that's oh, a very different website i was projecting very different
1: i mean i project in all directions give them give them that yeah. link one more time so oh, sorry To get started, head over to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Warby Parker, modern
0: eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Parker. You'll you'll regret it.
1: Joining us on this episode is Fabi Fav, co-host of Latinos Who Lunch and host of the Our People podcast. Hi,
2: Fabi. Hi. What are your pronouns? My pronouns are he and him. hmm Did I get that right? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> okay, thank you.
0: <laughs> Hi, we're, we're in Las Vegas with you.
1: Yay, thank you for visiting me. Oh my God, thank you for rolling out the carpets of all colors for us. Oh, yes. That was, it's just been amazing. So uh, there is no better
0: uh, tour guide. Uh, in Las Vegas then 5 v You fight me. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I'm telling you, I love showing people Vegas because it's such a weird place. People either love this place or, you know, they hate it. Mm-hmm. And so the it's it's people that come here and, like, go on the strip and pay, like, $20 a drink that just, like, absolutely have the worst time or – the best time if you're into, like, having that hangover crazy mm-hmm. experience. But right. if you want to come here, you know, see culture, see weird art stuff, see weird kitschy stuff, like, Vegas is full of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really weird new western city, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, I – like, our experience this time has been completely different from the first time we came, which was a few years ago. We came to see Brittany – over like a three-day weekend. We're totally confused. We didn't do any research um, and so we were just trying to find a way out. Like that was, mm-hmm. that was what the trip felt like. Like we would walk in somewhere and then get lost and we didn't you – know, we hadn't brought our breadcrumbs with us. So we didn't know where to go um, and it was very exhausting and then we got to know you and, and so we were like, well, well, we know somebody out there. So maybe it won't be so crazy. And it's been amazing. I mean, I think we're the only two people in Las Vegas who come to Las Vegas and get up at, like, 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. to go out, mm-hmm. you know? Because we've come back at our hotel at, like, 1 or 2 in the morning, and people are freshly, you know, done up for the evening. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, not me. I don't know about fresh, but— Well,
2: they've gone to one club. They're going to the next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they're not completely run ragged yet. That's yeah. at 5, 6 a.m., yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah. it's been, I mean, I, th- I think the most interesting things so far have been everything that we've seen that's not, you know, in the, uh, in all of the commercials and ads and guidebooks and, you know, all of that stuff. Well, I think the opposite of that. Why don't we start, inspired by your podcast, why don't we talk about what we've eaten so far today?
2: Ooh. So, okay, that's my favorite part is taking people <laughs> to eat here in Vegas because mm-hmm. we have There's so much diversity here in Vegas and so many different um, areas of town that specialize in different food. So I I know you guys are from New York and the food is great out there. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a lot of stuff out there that we don't have. So I said, I'm going to take these guys somewhere, I mean, to food that they're not used to eating Mm -hmm, in New mm -hmm. York. So I think the first day you were here, I took you to go eat tacos. Uh The dueling
1: tacos. Uh The
2: dueling tacos because – we have so many amazing taco shops and taco carts here in mm-hmm. Las Vegas that I li- we literally just parked in the middle of a shopping center. And I'm like, okay, I got a few places to take you, you know, so.
1: That was amazing. And they were both... Equally perfect, but so different.
2: Yeah. So you know? for any locals, I went, we went to Charleston and Bruce. Charleston, East Charleston is like taco paradise here in Las Vegas. And we went to Los Tacos, which is more like California. I would say it's like California style because, you know, they put sour cream and mm-hmm. cheese and guacamole. That was the bigger taco. Those were big tacos. Yeah. yeah. And then right next door is Tacos El Gordo, which is like Tijuana style. Uh, n- like northern Mexico border style tacos, which is mm-hmm. like tiny, like little tortilla doubled up, usually fried in the grease of the meat that you get. And then just meat, usually cilantro and onion, mm-hmm. and then a special sauce for whatever meat. Yeah. They specialize in in uh, um, al pastor tacos, but they ha- everything there is amazing.
1: Yeah. I love the little radishes. Yes. Because it's a nice like refresher. Yeah. In between all of that.
0: Yeah, um,
2: so good. And they're free. Yeah. so you They are
1: amazing.
0: And Robert, <laughs> I had never had lengua uh-huh. before. I've <gasps> oh. always been scared of lengua because, uh I don't know, it just does not sound like something I'd want to eat. And it was delicious, like in a word. Yes. It's, it's so tender.
1: Good. Tongue is the best
0: part. If I'm going to be a foodie about it, I would say <laughs> um the first place we went to was Los Tacos, right? Yeah. I would say the meat uh the lengua at Los Tacos was better. Mm-hmm. Um but I liked the tortillas at Tacos El Gordo better. Boom. Cuz they were fried. Yes.
2: And that was that is my thing to all of you aspiring uh taco truck, taco cart, taco shop, uh uh restaurant tours or whatever out there. <laughs> if, you wanna ma- if you want to make if you want to cuz girl sh- uh, no shade, but shade to the tacos that I've eaten in New York. Mm. These taco trucks, there's one that sets up like uh, wherever Stonewall Inn is. What part of town is that?
1: Oh, mm-hmm. there's For one that the drag queens, yeah, Christopher Street.
2: There's that one means... that sets up on Christopher Street, and the meat is uh-huh. bomb. Yeah, but they don't pay attention to the tortilla. Some mm-hmm. dry ass tortillas. Like yeah. if you're gonna, the tortilla is an ingredient of the taco. Treat it with respect. Mm-hmm. Right. Put a little oil on the grill. Just a few mm-hmm. seconds on each side makes it's all the difference. Di- it's not
1: just a yeah. method of delivery.
2: No.
3: There's a
1: really no. good taco truck. I mean, maybe it's still there in Williamsburg mm-hmm. um, That you, near what used to be TNT. May she rest in peace. And they made delicious tacos. Mm-hmm. And those were a little fried. I think she was from Puebla. And so they mm-hmm. were just... You know, lots of cilantro, fresh onion. She'd chop up the radishes into time thy- because, you know, she wanted it to be super portable. And those were phenomenal
2: tacos. Yeah. I think the reason why the lengua was the best at uh, los tacos is because um, they're not as busy as tacos al gordo. So the oh. lengua just kind of sits in its own juices all mm-hmm. day, you know. And sometimes that's okay. That's good. Uh, so it's like it just kind of marinates. It's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit. More yeah. flavorful too mm-hmm. yeah
1: the, the lengua taco ser gordo, i mean i I thought both of them were equally delicious mm-hmm. What I liked about i mean again, they were both great, but i I liked that the the one from taco ser gordo tasted a little smoked because mm-hmm. that's that that was that was the difference for me. The meat was a little darker, and it definitely had a uh, like a smokier flavor like it had mm-hmm. been. You know, smoked prior to roasting and, and all of that. But I was very proud of you, Robert. You'd never tried tongue before. Yeah. I, I grew um, up eating that stuff.
0: I was like, you know what? We just got here. I've never had I've never had this before. And then, wait, what was the other thing? There was something else. There was another place we went to um, in the last couple of days where someone ordered something. I think you ordered something. And I was like, mm, I'm intrigued. But no, I'm not ready yet. Spam musubi? Okay. Oh, that. Maybe that was it. <laughs>
2: But then also, so at Tacos del Gordo, mm. I got – the line for the Al Pastor was too long. Yeah. So it's like a deli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So the Al Pastor is one line, and then the beef line – uh, it was like the weird, the weird beef line, mm-hmm. which, and what I mean with weird is just like the not carnesada. So there's a carnesada line because mm-hmm. everybody gets carnesada and everybody gets el pastor. And then all the off cuts of meat have, it has its mm-hmm. own line and there yep. was literally nobody in that line. Yeah. So that's like the tripe, the tripa, the suadero, the cabeza, cabeza the buche, the lengua. That was mm-hmm. all, that's all one line. So it's, it's like deli style, right? So I got in that line and I'm like, I'm just gonna get a little bit, like mm-hmm. one of each taco so the guys can yeah. try it. And, um, like mm. it. and I didn't get buche because sometimes buche is like stomach lining. Sometimes that's not the best. And I didn't get brains because no. I never like the Nobody sesos because of the texture. So what but, is cabeza then? So cabeza is actually one of the best parts mm-hmm. of the cow because it's the cheek meat. Wait, so. that's suadero? No that's, no that's cabeza. cabeza. cabeza yeah. It's the, is the the it's some of the fattiest mm-hmm. meat on the cow. So that's okay. why it's like the best. It's like the, a shell.
1: It's like almost like um
2: even like fish have, you know, the yeah, th- cheek. Yeah, fish cheek is good. Yeah.
1: It's so hard to f- I've I have yet to go into a supermarket anywhere in New York and find beef cheek cuz I've only had it when I was like traveling abroad mm-hmm. and they they you know, they do it kind of similar except they don't um they don't shred it. But it, it's it's just like you said. It has it has a really nice layer of fat, almost like a like a like an odd like round flat roast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know where it has a layer like like the capa of, of grasa on one mm-hmm. side, mm-hmm. and then you just roast it and pan sear, or you know probably in the oven for a long time, because like that doesn't get like used at all mm-hmm. on the cow. You know like that meat doesn't have any muscle in it, so it's just
0: yeah. Well, I just wanted to say, if you ever find yourself in the same situation that we were in, go to the middle line and get the cabeza because that was mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get like, the weird meats. Feet nothing feet weird feet about feet it. It was so feed meats. <laughs> oh my god, the sweet feet meats. Get
2: the feet meats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that will take way too long to explain.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: Are we doing the tour of food right now? Are we sticking yeah. to that right now? Let's do um,
1: it. Then we went. What else did we do? We did the brunch at oh uh, at the Palace Pal-a Station. station. Which is a lot of fun. Yes. So
2: y'all got to know, if you come to Vegas, there's the strip casinos and then there's locals casinos mm-hmm. because even the locals have gambling problems. Even though we know <laughs> better, we, go, we want to go somewhere where there's not too many tourists. Right. So the locals casinos cater to us in a way where the casinos, um, they're not as pretentious. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about mm-hmm. the glitz and the glam. It's just like a nice place to hang out. The food is decent, it's not too expensive. You're not gonna find any fancy restaurants in these casinos. Um there's usually like a bowling alley mm-hmm. or a movie theater, usually a bingo parlor, mm-hmm. which yes. we Ooh. which we enjoyed. Um and uh, yeah, Palace Station is one of the f- one of the first locals casinos. That's kind of off the strip. It opened back in the day as the Bingo Palace, um, and then became like a train themed casino, Palace mm-hmm. Station, and now it's just like a generic yeah. casino.
1: <laughs> it definitely brought out my inner seventy five year old woman.
2: Yeah, the 60 year
1: old <laughs> the sixty year old lady is very present. Yeah, all the time. But seventy five year old me was. Very
2: tickled. Yeah, it was it was really great. Well, we went to brunch first, and on Sunday, which is the best because mm-hmm. Sunday brunch is all you can drink champagne usually in Vegas right? at all the buffets. Yeah, it so was we delicious. enjoyed that, and it was pretty. It was a pretty decent buffet. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. The, what I, now I forgot what I had. Well, I,
2: had. I don't remember
0: exactly what we ate, but <laughs> if we're going to compare it, so we've been to two yeah. two buffets the t- the whole time we've been here. Today we went to the second one. Um, I don't know if it's safe to say the name of the...
2: Say the, it, girl. Uh, I ain't paying we went,
0: nobody. <laughs> we, we went to the Bellagio for mm-hmm. breakfast, mm-hmm. and it was, in a word, raggedy. <gasps> okay? Not cute. So, the, and it was on several levels. So the food was bad. On top of that, we got there. Breakfast is supposed to end at 11. We got there at 10.40. At 10.40, they were removing breakfast <gasps> and already replacing mm-hmm. it with their raggedy, even more raggedy lunch. Yeah. Um, the... Um, was the thing that we got oh something very simple sausages oh they could not get it right pork sausages they tasted funny i had an apple cobbler that tasted like tomato basil soup <gasps> um it was just there were so many infractions Made and then of ingredients. on top of the food being raggedy
3: uh-huh
0: i'm coming back to we've oh, mind you we've only had one we've only gone to the buffet one time we so we sat down
1: oh because that that was that was
2: horrendous what?
0: So they have chilaquiles. I guess they're trying to do it in a red sauce, but the red sauce is a marinara. So it's a weird Italian chilaquile. Like no,
1: but no. they're tortilla chips. They're not soaked. There's like it. 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 it, it it's like chips and salsa. The food mm-hmm. looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that.
0: The, I bet those. Those the food. If the food has to take a selfie, it'll look gorgeous. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, In terms of the taste, not great. And then on top of that, so we're going to get our second plate of food. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Fuck the regular food. I'm just going to go to the dessert table with a regular size plate for, like, the other stuff and just, like, load it up. I'm coming back to the table and there are three servers having – a very aggressive conversation with each other and pointing to our table, like pointing, like <gasps> touching it with their finger and just being like, these people, something. And so I walk up with my plate of food, real stupid looking, and I'm like, is <laughs> there a problem? And they all scatter like cockroaches, never come back. Um, what? I don't know what happened. I wanted I tried to make eye contact with one of the um one of the women had a recognizable hairdo because it was it all happened so quickly. And so I kept trying to make eye contact with her cuz she walked back and forth for a couple times after. Um and you know about, you know, you know after after what ha- what I told you happened at the airport. Yeah. That I'm 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 good for a confrontation.
3: Mm-hmm. Um oh so
0: I was like I was trying to make eye contact with her to be like did something happen? Because the buffet at the Bellagio is pretentious as fuck. Like there's too much of it happening there and there's not enough – whereas other buffets will like – they'll bring you drinks, yeah. right? So you have like a little bit of a connection with your server. Um, this one,
1: the drinks are like out. Mm-hmm. You can just go get them yourself.
2: Yeah. Oh. So, which is
1: nice also, in a way. Not, yeah. not, I mean the only things that I liked were the Eggs Benedict was fantastic. It was just really good. The little muffin was they really they tender. Don't deserve,
0: they don't deserve okay, individual shit. Okay, but hold
1: shit. on. But the bread pudding was really good. <laughs> the
2: lighting was great. Because uh, um, to me... <laughs> you know, like, the forks. The forks were gorgeous. Metal. Right, beautiful. Really good. Uh, they Standard. Had free, they, had,
1: they had a Coca-Cola freestyle machine. <laughs> but I also liked the bread Nappins, pudding. paper. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Generous, absorbent. <laughs> um, so so but you had the, the bread pudding. The bread pudding is good, and the, the vanilla sauce here was better than at the Palace Station. Okay. But I'm still a little, like... Like I and I, I like white people bread pudding is very strange to me, because it's just kind of like I'm not just it, it's delicious, but it's like just slices of like almost like French toast bread, yeah. and then they do I don't know what they do to it, but you can still like pick up individual slices. When I like growing up, you held onto all your bread, and yeah. then just made it mushy and cooked it, and then you got like a, like a a homogenous loaf. Mm-hmm. So this is not like bread pudding. This is like French toast with. Sauce on top, but it's still good. Yeah, but it was—it's been a very intri- I've never had that before.
0: It wasn't bad, but I would rather talk. up I mean, I wanted, i would love to talk up the Palace Station, buffet oh, yeah. in general, because that was, that was a good. much more pleasant experience, I'd say, than the Bellagio. And and my current feeling—and please correct me if I'm yeah. wrong—is please do not eat on the Strip. Don't do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, buffet. This is this is what I'm This is what I'm going to say about buffets. The buffets on the Strip are super hit and miss Mm -hmm. because it's like a necessity on the Strip. Like Mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. don't care what they're eating. They're like, we're hungry. We're at the Bellagio. There's a buffet. We're going to go there and they're going to charge you over $20 for a shitty ass buffet. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. The Palace Station is trying to get people to come back. Mm-hmm. So, their buffet has to at least be okay. Yeah has to be like, "Oh, I liked enough things from this buffet. Oh, and it was only twelve bucks. Yeah, I'll come back. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean. So they try I feel like sometimes the local casinos try a little harder to make that kind of stuff, right better because the players you know after playing a slot machine for a couple of days you can get free buffet passes mm-hmm. you can and so the you know yeah. it's incentive like the prizes have to be mm-hmm. good for you to yeah. want to have to come back you know or want to come back yeah. so yeah unless it's the buffets that are on the strip that are good are they're, they're the ones that are like the showstopper buffets mm-hmm. that like people have to go to because they make gourmet shit or they're like over the top with like crab or what, you know, that everybody has their own Mm -hmm. specialty. Mm -hmm. Those are the only buffets that are good on the strip. And those are always going to cost you over $30. Mm -hmm. I remember when the Wicked Spoon first opened at the Cosmo, Mm -hmm. it was $80 a person to go. (gasps) And I was, and there was, everybody was like, it's worth it. And I went and it wasn't worth it to me, but I compared to what you ate at the Bellagio, Mm -hmm. I can see why, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, it's also not hard for me to eat $80 worth of food at a buffet. So, <laughs> no. like I got my money's worth. Just point. Yeah. I just to me what what bothered me the most
0: was there was so much pretension and they made it seem like, "Oh, it was this big thing" and um and then we get in there and I don't feel like I'm being taken care of by these people mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Like we we literally walked up to the breakfast station and they yanked the food as we were like approaching it. It just it, that that bothers me, and especially buffets, when, especially when we're 20 minutes away from when the changeover is supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous to me.
1: Yeah, and there were people showing up like at 10:45 who were like, "Cause most, you know, most buffets they change over at or just after the time that's listed at the end of the. And buffet. it's usually
2: if it's a good buffet, it's a gradual thing. Mm-hmm. Like they'll leave the breakfast for a little while while they put on the other stations, mm-hmm. and then they'll slowly transition everything out. Yeah, no, out. this was like they called yeah. in
1: an army, and it was just like...
0: It also did feel, it, feel like, it felt like war times. They were mm-hmm. all like, okay, we gotta get it. Like, they were just very excited to get everything out, which mm-hmm. yeah, well, goes, goes back to the necessity thing.
2: Also, a little inside uh, MGM International Tea, they just let go of over 1,500 uh, middle management positions, which oh. probably included the managers of that buffet. Oh. So, you know, there's the Ooh. people are really stressed at MGM International right now cuz they've let oh. every week it was like hundreds of people every, like for <laughs> like 2 months straight and Damn. nobody knew who was going to keep their jobs or not. It was mostly managers and like office positions. Mm-hmm.
0: Damn, now yeah. I feel bad cuz we paid for that with a with a coupon.
2: <laughs> no, don't feel no. bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I anyway. would say go to the Palace station. I mean, it's just it's just yeah.
0: as As a tourist, I would say you're gonna okay because because the distances are so far. Like we're staying at the Flamingo, and the buffet is bad at ours.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So we already know we are going to travel if we're going to go to a buffet. We have to travel, and so if you have to travel anyway, you might as well go yeah. to one of the locals' casinos that are nearby. They're yeah. close enough that you could take a quick like seven or eight dollar Uber. Mm-hmm. And then you get a better experience and you also get to gamble and actually win something because the casinos that are on the strip, you're not going to win anything. That's the mm-hmm. other thing. Like you have a nice, nice shot at, at, at getting something on a slot machine or maybe a table game,
2: or, you know, like lower minimums. Like. Yeah, that's why I only like to yeah. gamble for entertainment. I don't gamble mm-hmm. to win. Yeah. Like, right. I'm like I'm going to put these $20 in the slot machine and just like have fun, sit mm-hmm. here, have a, get a free drink, hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I love bingo. Because it's like oh bingo is fun. It's like eight dollars and you get two free drinks and you sit there for an hour and you're entertained. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And then I think to wrap up our our tour of I was going to say tour of Italy but that makes no sense. Um, So (laughs) wait, we're wrapping up already. The food part. The food part. We've got more food. Well, I was. I think we should
0: go to the next one and then.
1: I was going to do that and that.
0: Okay. Unless I was going to say let's talk about the next place we went to and then we'll take a break. Oh, OK. Fine. Go ahead. Introduce it since you have, uh, since you have the wheel. Well, which one then?
2: <laughs> Jesus, so, take the wheel. So
0: Favi told us the day that we got here, he told us about God. this restaurant that was um, – it was uh, Korean-Mexican fusion mm-hmm. and we had never heard of it. And so didn't really understand what it was going to look like, how it was going to taste. Mm-hmm. So we went to this restaurant. It's called Comex. Yes. Which, I love the name. Mm-hmm. I thought it said homie, like homex. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of like that. But to me, comex is like, there's a double entendre, like, you know, yeah. comex and, you know, yeah. Korean, Mexican. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the food is amazing. They make their own hot sauces, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. So that sweet hot sauce mm-hmm. is the shit. It's amazing. Um, and, um... Korean Korean meat in a like a Mexican embasa or whatever you want to call uh-huh. it. Beautiful, beautiful combination. Like yeah. the flavors the, are
1: amazing. The burrito I got was just amazing. It sweet had the, meats. The, yeah, the sweet meats, <laughs> not feed meats. Sweet, sweet meats. meats. It had like a, a basically like carne enchilada, but like Korean style. So like it had like some chili, you know, like Asian chili flavors mm-hmm. to it, and. The the, the rice was seasoned a specific way and then it had this wonderful, like, Korean slaw on top. Like, what an interesting combination. But it just works so perfectly. And you can use the, like, the Korean hot sauces or the Mexican hot sauces and they all just really um, play really nicely with one another, I thought.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got the tostada. Which is, mm. they had a little, that one's more Korean, I think, than, it's just like, it looks like a Mexican dish, but it's a fried rice cake with, I got mine with chicken because I never tried the chicken there, mm-hmm. with like this really amazing grilled chicken on top. And then they put this beautiful cabbage slaw on top of it that's all like Korean, it, it was almost like a Korean pico de gallo, yeah. which is so nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was so good. Mm. And then you got the nachos, right, Robert?
0: Yes, I did. Um, I mean, the, the nachos were really great, but I think that what you two got yeah. was, like, I mean, the nachos were amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, no complaints at all from this dining experience. Mm-hmm. But um, I, if I had to go back, I would get either what, what you got, Fabi, or yeah. what uh, Daniel, the burrito. The chimichanga. Got. You got a
2: chimichanga. I got, you got a, didn't a chimichanga, get a not a
1: burrito. Sorry. So it was a deep fried
2: burrito. It was deep with fried. red sauce You got Tex-Mex Mex Coke. Korean that, fusion.
1: It was just, like, also for sharing, it's great because since it's fried, it, like, held together. Because mm-hmm. we were, like, tasting each other's food and was, you could just, like, slice it up nicely. And, I mean, I think I'm also the only person who, like, slices their burrito up instead of, like, you know.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, with a chimichanga, yeah. it's, like, expected. It's too soggy to pick up with yeah. hands, you know um, yeah. but So, uh, no judgment here. It was
1: so good. It was so good. <laughs> but the highlight, which we were both spec. Spectacle. We were both skeptical. Skeptical about was uh, the, the the musubi,
2: mm-hmm. which which is Hawaiian. Yeah. yeah, but because there's so many Hawaiians in Vegas, usually when you go to an Asian, mm-hmm. a Pan Asian restaurant, I oh, should say, yes. there they have musubi, mm-hmm.
1: which is uh, well, we got the spam musubi, yeah. which is it had. A slice of fried spam. Mm-hmm. You added a fried egg to it. Mm-hmm. Then that's all rolled in in the like sticky sushi rice, and then it has the
2: like seaweed mm-hmm. wrapper. So with teriyaki
1: teriyaki sauce in with the middle. teriyaki mm-hmm. sauce in the middle. And mm-hmm. I think both Robert and I were a bit skeptical because of the spam, the inclusion of spam, but it's so good.
2: Mm. The, I w- woke salty. up craving it this morning. Mm-hmm. Well, girl, I know where we're going today for lunch.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really um, so good, satisfying. Like all the textures were fun, and the the saltiness was really good. And then you just put some of that sweet chili sauce on it. Just mm-hmm.
2: like Korean Mexican fusion is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it the truck in L.A. Um, I'm I don't know if that's where it originated, but uh, I think it was called Koji back in the day, and I remember eating it all the time and saying, like, yeah, this is going to be, like, 10 years ago. I was like, this is going to be the biggest mm-hmm. thing. And, yeah, I mean, there's – you can go on this trip now, and Roy Choi has a restaurant at the park um, where you can eat everything that we ate, um, mm-hmm. but just triple the price. Right. Um, but it's still – I went to eat there the other day, and it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's so bomb. It's right. so good. Mm. Yeah.
1: And then we're going to take a break. Remember? Okay. Mm
0: -hmm. Hi. We talked about this. So we're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to continue our tour of eating. And then we're going to talk about some other shit that we did. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi. It's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back. And Daniel, why don't you tell us what's next on our
1: list? Okay. So the thing I was most excited about on this trip was to go to the original... Lina Michoacan on East Desert Inn. And Save water drink margarita. Exactly. And so <laughs> we went um on Tuesday with Fabi and his cousin Jess and to to see this magical mystical place. Because after hearing about it for all this time, I was like, wait, if we ever go back to Las Vegas, we need to go here. Again, phenomenal. It's a like on on well, first of all, it's gorgeous. You know, because your uncle has all these amazing, uh, like, uh, uh, Mexican decorative arts and photos. And it just really feels um, cozy but also, like, visually appetizing. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so that was kind of my first impression. And then the menu, which is, like, 100 miles long because oh, yeah. there's everything. Um, I mean, I've also never gone to a restaurant where— the like chips and salsa and guacamole are just like they just appear out of nowhere because that was the other thing. We sat down and all of a sudden there was refried beans and salsa and homemade um, tortilla chips and m- margaritas that came out of nowhere either. It just like appeared and yeah. it there was not one thing that
2: needed anything extra. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let you know like that wasn't special treatment. That is, like, how they are with everybody there. So when I go – when I travel places – so that's why I love Lindo Michoacán because Mm -hmm. that is quintessential, like, old-school Vegas service. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how it was in the 80s and 90s here. Like, everybody was like, boom, boom, boom. Everybody's friendly. Mm -hmm. And I travel sometimes to places, and I'm like, I can't believe people have jobs because I'm used to that service Mm -hmm. that you saw at Lindo Michoacán, right? Mm -hmm. Like, everybody's Mm -hmm. on it all the time. The chip bowls, there's like they see the future. They see like, okay, we're gonna yeah. have to bring out as soon as we're done with one chip bowl, another one comes out. It's it like was, magic.
1: It's like they refill yep.
2: automatically. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, those refried beans though were some like if not the best mm. that I've ever had, and and they had they were just like salty. They had like the like just the right amount of salt. Yeah, they were really
2: good.
0: Um they were really good and I'm disappointed I ate so many of them because I wasn't really able to eat my entree. Mm-hmm. I ate mm-hmm. so much.
2: Yeah, be careful. That's my tip. Like take your time with the chips. Mm-hmm. And I I've said it on, on Latinos Who Lunch when we do commercials with them. I'm so happy that they never like dumb down their salsa, you know, mm-hmm. like for a white palate. Like their their salsa is spicy. Ve has a very distinct flavor, mm-hmm. very roasted, like earthy mm-hmm. salsa, smoky. smoky, and, like, smoky yeah. and I love that. I remember as a kid when I would eat it, I'm like, this is like – it's this is too complicated for my palate. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is not – this salsa is yeah, not for like, kids.
1: It makes you it makes, yeah, you, it makes really you think, great think flavor. about it yeah. as you're eating it, yeah. which it's like who actually eats salsa and is like – contemplating mm-hmm. what it is that's in this. So good. You know? Um I ordered oh, and that entree you ordered of the, the, the roasted jalapeños mm. with cheese on top.
2: Just, Chiles toreados.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. I well you recommended that I get the um oh my god. The the the, the 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 carnitas a la Coca Cola, which are uh I, I I think it's pork shoulder just from the, mm-hmm. the taste of the meat, but marinated in Coca Cola and like a litany of spices and then has a Coca-Cola-based kind of like braising sauce or whatever. <sighs> yeah. That's it. It was, it was good. Um it tasted like a really interesting mole almost. Because mm-hmm. like the Coca-Cola caramelized mm, even more. You're right. That is what it did. Right. It and did and like and that. it had that consistency, o- almost that consistency of mole that's a little thick. But oh, it was just so good. So good. Amazing. And the meat just like, you know, dissolved when you ate it.
2: Handmade tortillas. Mm-hmm. All the tortillas. Before that.
1: All those tortillas. And they just tore apart. It was mm-hmm. just – they were delicious. Mm.
2: The original Michacan on East Desert Inn. Yeah. And now we – Voted started. best Mexican restaurant 10 years in a row. <laughs> this is a commercial. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but really shout out to them. Shout out to Stephanie. Yay, um, Stephanie. Thank you. We finally you. got to meet her. Yes.
2: Your number one fan.
0: <laughs> who hooked it all the way up, scared Daniel with a like a, a birthday moment. Oh,
2: my God. It's her birthday month, so they had to celebrate. So what they do at Lindo is like when it's somebody's birthday, the whole staff mm-hmm. will just like uh, just surround the table and mm-hmm. sing. So everybody in the restaurant was singing happy birthday to Daniel. Yeah, or las the, mañanitas, I should say. Scared the bejesus out of him. And man. they put on a dumb hat. They give you a big sombrero and uh-huh. then they give you a shot of tequila. Yeah, and flan. Oh. Okay. That was so good.
1: I'm a big flan. Oh,
2: like,
0: the best I'm flan. a big flan
1: snob because the best. I only ever eat the flan I make that, like, my grandmother taught me how to make and, you know, it should not be futzed with. But everywhere else you get flan, it's, like, weird and grainy, and, and I think they've cooked it too long or at too high of a heat because it tastes like scrambled eggs. This was, like, velvet custard and it was again perfect it was absolutely amazing yes yeah i also um (laughs) other than the food i really
0: enjoyed the fixtures the um the what's it called you wouldn't stop talking about
2: those damn fixtures in the bathroom
0: they were really pretty Robert
2: Robert came back from the bathroom when we first got there he went to wash his hands he's like the sinks the sinks in the bathroom.
1: Mm-hmm. Those fixtures really pretty, <laughs> which are which are custom made because they have Lindo Michoacan like um, logos
2: on them. Um, yeah. yeah, like stamped, stamped out. They're they they really good. They're they really wanted good. wanted me to
1: notice those. Yes,
2: they're very nice. <laughs> yeah. they're very nice.
1: It was just really beautiful. It was amazing. And yeah. shout out to the waiter whose name I don't remember. Who, Javier. Javier. Yeah. Who, I guess everything comes with that famous soup. That you oh, talked yeah. about. But I, I just didn't want soup. So I said, I said, just hold the soup because I didn't want it to come and be wasted or whatever. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, I'll just make you a salad. And I'm like, You're just, okay, you're just going to make me a salad. Okay, cool. He goes, What would you like? And I'm like, Oh, I whatever, whatever, right? He goes, yeah. We have this wonderful avocado lime dressing. And it came out with my own <laughs> custom salad. Again, yeah. phenomenal. So shout out to Javier. It was just really a fun experience. Yeah. Mm. service service on 10
0: mm-hmm. like service on 20 okay. mm-hmm. um, can we also talk about the pho I know that w- I know that that was a that was a trying moment in our lives and
1: maybe we should set that up
2: yeah so maybe we we'll, yeah
1: <clears throat> one of the activities that we did
2: <laughs> I feel like we really have bonded
1: yeah we yeah. have like, like I feel like we've a lot. been through to each
2: other's ha- like this is the time in the friendship mm-hmm. where it's like okay like we're gonna be friends for a while yeah. now because the trials and tribulations. We went to your
1: house. <laughs> you visited my house. You saw your studio, your, yes. your very studio spaces. We met Kiko.
2: Yeah, the sphinx cat. You didn't go into my fridge at all. No, thank you for that. Uh huh. Never. Uh huh. Never. But you Kiko. Met, yeah, you met my hairless cat. Well, it's my roommate's hairless you're cat. You're lucky Kiko mm-hmm. is not in my purse. Please take Kiko
1: it. Kiko made Never. me want a cat. He was. Such a ham,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I decided if we ever get a sphinx cat, well, we talked about it. We're you gonna want? call her. We're gonna call
2: her pollita. You want a pink one, like Kiko? Uh huh. Because he looks like he looks like, like, like chicken a chicken. Meat. Yeah.
1: And he was just so like. I mean, I read that they're they're like an odd breed of cat because they actually are quite dog like mm-hmm. and actually like interacting and they like kids. It's it's very interesting. They love love people. Um, mm-hmm. Also, they look so chic.
2: Like, just, you know. And you have to, it's it's a cat for somebody that wants an animal that's even higher maintenance. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because a lot of people like cats, don't like cats because cats don't pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. And These cats are always cold mm-hmm. in the winter because they have no fur, so they're on top of you. They need to eat twice as much as a regular cat because mm-hmm. their body heat needs to stay up. Mm-hmm. And so they shit twice as much. So you'll be cleaning that litter box out. More than you ever wanted. And then, on top of that, uh, their personalities are hilarious because they've been inbred so much. Mm-hmm. So,
3: <laughs> Yikes.
1: did you know they're from Canada?
2: No, yeah, really. That makes yeah, a lot they of sense. Yeah, it originated
1: like the the modern <laughs> sphinx cat was genetically like they 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 started crossing breeds of naturally occurring hairless cats who oh. were born with the this anomaly to create cats that, you know, to purposefully produce cats. They they can't really mess with the colors too much because it just, you know, whatever yeah. whatever color the fur would be, that's the color of the skin. But yeah, they've been around like intentionally since like the 60s or 70s Whoa. yeah
2: you have to bathe them too mm-hmm. and moisturize them yeah like they're like a dog they're like a, they're like a dog so yeah. it's the perfect cat yeah, for people just that like dogs over. he's doing this new thing see he's not that dumb he's doing this new <laughs> thing where if you don't pet him he'll like he flops on the ground and just flips over so mm-hmm. you can rub his belly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so cute He's yeah. adorable. Yeah, I just keep stepping on him though. So he's he's learning to get out of the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so uh Favi's cousin Jess was nice enough to to lend her car. Um mm, shout yes. out to her, by the way. I really I loved hanging out with her because I have a cousin that I used to be close with who rem- she reminds
2: me of. She, her. Yeah, she's like one of my best friends. Yeah. I love her so much.
0: Um so, uh, we so there was there was some battery trouble, or so we thought it was battery trouble. Yeah, right? in so the beginning.
2: she, so she, you know, just because we're in Vegas and there's so much space, people sometimes just have extra cars <laughs> in their garage. So Jess has a, had an extra car in her garage that right. she she just didn't, you know, she's busy. She didn't, she hasn't had time to sell it yet. Mm-hmm. She just got a brand new one, and so I'd been sitting in the her garage for a couple months, and she jumped it. She had to jump it to like get it to me. But that's normal. That's like, oh yeah, it's yeah, just it's been, been through- sitting there. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What we didn't know was that it had, you know, maybe some other problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually had to jump the car the first night.
0: Yeah, after the tacos.
2: After the mm-hmm. tacos, yeah. and I went and got a new battery because we were yeah. right next to a an auto zone. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the 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 day of Comex, which was a couple of days later,
1: mm-hmm. we were headed to. I remember what we were going We were to headed mean. to have pho. Yeah.
2: Oh, we were headed to Chinatown. Exactly. exactly. I wanted Chinatown to show to you pho. Chinatown. Yeah. And all yeah. the
1: the air conditioning just went... Boo, 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 boo.
2: And it's like and 110 then, degrees uh-huh. here, so you notice and right away. And then she would
1: not start <laughs> right at a light. She just stopped yeah, in, the middle, just stalled in yeah. the middle
2: of the street. And
1: so we were like, all right, well, AAA was no help, but
2: <laughs> anyway.
1: So we... Pushed all three of us, pushed the car through an intersection.
2: Wait, after I couldn't figure out how to put it in neutral. Oh, yes.
1: So you, you were on YouTube. <laughs> so I was
2: on YouTube. I was sitting in the back of <laughs> the In the middle of traffic, I'm like, AAA. there's got to be an easy. And it was. It was like this little hidden switch mm-hmm. that you had to, like, yeah. it was something special you had to do. Oh. Okay. But that car. There's like a little switch that I had to pull to, to put it. it in neutral. Yeah, that I didn't uh, know. Yeah, anyway.
1: I love that that car was so light. Literally, it was like pushing around like a kid's yeah. Tonka truck.
2: So we pushed it through traffic.
1: And and we we turned it and we got it into a parking spot. Yeah. So that with cars whizzing past us and I'm there just like, yeah, this is it. That's it. Glad I showered.
2: And you Yo, <laughs> like, that was like CrossFit in real life. Right? Yeah.
1: And then we go to the this <laughs> so we do that call your cousin, shut the car whatever. We go to this pub place that was just like right there mm-hmm, across the street. <laughs> And, the and we waitress, ordered half the menu. Yeah, we, we ordered should. half the menu. We're,
2: our I, adrenaline was pumping. We were just, like, calming down. Yeah, I'm there, like, like, we're going to need 20 minutes just to calm down to order.
1: I'm there, like, <laughs> pulling tranquilizers out of my bag. Like, I need a moment. I need my, my yeah. smelling salts. And <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. I'll have that and a sandwich and a side of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, poor waitress. She looks so <laughs> – she, she must have been like, these guys are on drugs because she looked at us really funny.
2: Yeah.
0: But. I I mean, I think she she enjoyed the fact that we were there and we were just like, I want that one. She was like, you sure? Yeah. And that one. And that one. Mm-hmm. Like
2: We got like two types of egg rolls. Every We all got our own entree. <laughs> and then we ordered a sandwich on top of that. Bon that and so then, bon then we all got, bon 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 got fancy drinks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: I, I think I got like three different types of juice because I just, every time I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. So I, it was just, it was a very stressful evening. Yeah. It was. But it but we bonded. But the pho, pho made fun. it better. Yeah. The pho was good. <laughs>
0: For real. For <laughs> real. Um, should we talk about
1: shows next?
0: Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah.
1: You want shows?
2: <laughs> Stunt shows.
1: Um, so the first Stone night, reasons. Fabi took us to the Neon Museum to oh, see yeah. their show, Brilliant, which um, is a projection-based show uh, that, uh, if you can remind us of the name of the artist.
2: Yeah, Craig Winslow, I believe is his name. Who's... Um, what's- Which I'm hesitating because it sounds like the character from Family Matters. So (laughs) maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to Google it. But I think it is. It's either – it's Winslow or Wilson or – I think it's Winslow. It's Winston. He's a very nice white man who I met at a party, (laughs) uh, very down to earth. I think he's from the Pacific Northwest. Um, Yes. He – so the Neon Museum has over – at this point probably over 300 neon signs – from Vegas's past. So mm-hmm. our history doesn't go that far back. I mean, Vegas was founded in the early 1900s. So uh, it had its first big boom in the 1950s. And that's where a lot of the neon signs started popping up. Mm-hmm. And so I think you actually stayed at the Flamingo, which is the oldest uh, casino on the strip still open and operating, even mm-hmm. though the only part of the casino that's still the same. That's maybe a piece of land, a square foot of dirt is still from uh, the 40s when it opened Mm -hmm. is is, uh, in the back where the flamingo, the flamingo habitat. That's always kind of been the garden of the flamingo. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So you started seeing all these neon signs pop up in Las Vegas. And neon is, they didn't only use it for signage, but eventually – uh, into the, you know, into the early 2000s, neon became the architecture of the building. You know, mm-hmm. they just covered buildings in neon and the building itself became the sign. So mm-hmm. these giant, giant signs, uh, had been, uh, kind of, casinos had been trying to one up each other. For decades. Mm -hmm. And so the signs just kept getting bigger and bigger. And so when they would remodel, a lot of them would go back to Yesco's Boneyard, Young Electric Sign Company that started in Utah back in the day. They're the main sign company here. And so they started a boneyard years ago. And then in the 90s, a lot of that got donated to the Neon Museum, which is now a nonprofit who has all this collection in one space and they're re- slowly restoring a lot of the collection so you could walk through and see a lot of the signs mm-hmm. lit up at night. And now with this projection mapping show by... By
1: Craig Winslow. Craig Winslow, yeah, hey! Yeah, you, you got it.
2: Yeah. Um, and so uh, he, he brought the signs back to life with this really cool show called Brilliant, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys got to see it. It was really beautiful
1: because it's... Um it was kind of perplexing because it when it starts off you have this very lovely British woman announcing it which I thought was a nice touch but um, why do they
2: always do that I don't know like even in an elevator there, like going th- down
1: in our, in our hotel she's British I yeah. think it's authoritative and maybe exotic for people mm-hmm. I don't I don't know mm-hmm. but um, it's like you know little British kids are just sound like they're like ninety years old mm-hmm. and you just listen to them. Like that, that boy who was walking out of the dolphin habitat who was like, Mummy, I've decided what I would like from the gift shop.
2: I just want to punch those kids. And I'm in just head. like,
1: ew, what would you like? <laughs> How dare you? What would you like? Um, but – it was it was it was really interesting cuz like like you said there these particular ones are not operational they're they're kind of piled up in in specific ways yeah. but he created this digital mapping projection that you know circles every outline and 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 um makes them blink again and it's crazy cuz you don't know where it's coming from and somehow it's coming from these two pillars that are yeah. just in the middle of the boneyard and it was Just combining, you know, music from the period, more contemporary music as well, um, news clips and things like that. I thought it was um, really beautiful and emotional to see these. uh, I think what in most other places would just be discarded and completely trashed, just repurposed and given your life. Yeah. And put
2: in a really interesting historical context as well. Yeah. I, I, um, you know. I was I think I was, I'm not that much now, but I was a very nostalgic person. Mm-hmm. And so when I found the Neon Museum, it was like this is this is such a unique history museum. I've never mm-hmm. seen anything like this. And so I immediately gravitated towards it and and uh I started working there. I worked mm-hmm. there for I think 7 years as a museum professional. Oh. Um and uh helped actually uh form the neon museum as it is today Mm -hmm. it's completely different than when i was there but um yeah i love this idea of bringing the signs back to life with that Mm -hmm. projection mapping because it actually um it's not as intrusive i feel like sometimes actually restoring the signs uh does something to them that they just kind of lose their i don't know it's it's kind of nice to see the signs in this like uh, in this state of disrepair, because it's it's like a reality, you mm-hmm. know. And like, a lot of people are into this kind of like decay porn, you know, like photographers, mm-hmm. like things yeah. kind of falling apart. And um, but the, it is, it's in a way, it's beautiful just mm-hmm. to like see, you know. I love to see them kind of falling apart because it starts to reveal, like, the brush strokes in the paint, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it's like you see the humanity. It's a beautiful
1: ruin. Yeah, it's a
2: beautiful ruin. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful ruin. Mm-hmm. yeah so the projecting, I think, is a, every time I saw, like, I mean, I get choked up when they do the Liberace part mm-hmm. every time. Oh, that was amazing. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Just to see Liberace projecting like your history onto is up there. Signage. Which is, yeah. you know, really it's, interesting it's great. as well. Yeah. Um, I'm I'll, so glad you got to see it.
1: I also really like what I've noticed in – in Las Vegas, a lot, and and I don't know if it's because there's so many things that have like survived, because like in New York they do preserve structures and things like that, but it's all this lengthy process and blah blah blah. But I love that the entrance to the Neon Museum and the hub of it is the the original uh, structure that was like was, was the La Concha Motel mm-hmm. that was designed and constructed by one of the first uh, prominent uh, African American architects, Paul Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That, I think, also, you know, you have very strong connections to, like, the local industry, but also, you know, POCs and their contributions, you know, which often get overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was also very powerful.
2: Yeah, and I think I the think. Neon Museum does a really good job of highlighting mm-hmm. all the people that that maybe weren't celebrated in the heyday mm-hmm. of neon making so or neon sign making and designing. Because mm-hmm. um, even at the end of Brilliant, they— they did a little presentation of all the sign designers, mm-hmm. and I noticed that they—it was an even number of women to men, mm-hmm. and uh, and and they included pretty much all the designers of color because there wasn't that mm-hmm. many of us, you know, yeah. of them. So and
1: queer people too, yeah, which and was very people,
2: interesting. Yes, Raúl so, Rodriguez. Um, designed the yeah the, the flamingo, ones the flamingo.
1: So yeah. we're everywhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the gay agenda. <laughs> Oh my
0: goodness. <laughs> um, we should take another break. And then um and then when we come back we'll talk about um we'll talk a little bit about not being on the strip, not gambling, like all of that stuff.
3: because
0: mm-hmm. um, that's something that we like we didn't experience the last time. So um we'll uh we'll talk about when that when we come
1: back. <laughs> so stick around we'll be right back. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip, and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back,
0: and uh, one of the things that we experienced this time, because we spent so much time off the strip, um, is that uh we have this perception as New Yorkers. We have this perception that coming to Las Vegas, it's the place you go to gamble, to drink, to be stupid and, you know, whatever happens – what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? And one of the great things that – and I'm and I'm so happy that we were able to experience it the first night is that there's so much more to this city than just what exists, you know, in that like – what is it? Like seven, eight mm-hmm. block radius um, – and so we thought – we just thought it was interesting. We went, So we went to Market in the Alley. Yeah. Right? And it had this very like – it didn't feel like you were in Las Vegas basically. And it was nice to see that there were locals that are fostering their creative – like their creative endeavors and, and that there are other people in this community that like that, that appreciate that. Um, and so – my immediate thought was like, why does anybody ever talk about this Las mm-hmm, Vegas? Mm-hmm. Like, this is definitely a more palatable Las Vegas for me because the the stuff that exists on the Strip is like, it's overwhelming. It's sort of chaotic, and um, and this is like, I don't know. It, it, I I feel more. Uh, I I felt more of a connection to this city, seeing that than, you know, seeing the Strip. Yeah. I guess
2: yeah so you're talking about Market in the Alley, which is in East Fremont Street, so downtown Las Vegas East Fremont is kind of this new district that's popped up back in the day it was uh part of the Miracle Mile here in Las Vegas, where you could get whatever you wanted oh. at any time of the day oh. or night, yes, yeah. so miracles do happen miracles do happen in <laughs> Las Vegas, so from East Fremont from like basically from Las Vegas Boulevard east all the way down to Boulder Highway was mm-hmm. like you know, it was a nice place to be if you wanted to get into some trouble, you know? Wow. Um, so, but growing up for me, that slowly started to change, um, but it's it was mostly motels and then little bars here and there, uh, your occasional casino. But then, um, yeah, over the past few years, uh, downtown Las Vegas, like many other cities, has been, you know, violently gentrified. So, right. um, but... Uh, it has cultivated a lot of community uh, with like the locals, uh, a lot of millennials, and that don't like to be on the strip mm-hmm. and uh, are more uh, community-based. I will say, mm-hmm. um, they do a lot of really cool pop-up events downtown. So, oh my god, my phone is on.
3: <gasps> so sorry.
1: She's a very busy woman.
2: I thought I'd put it on airplane mode. <laughs> Yeah, so they, so they shut down a couple alleyways, uh, uh, I think once a week or once a month or something downtown. And all these local vendors show up and it's kind of like a farmer's market, but like with different goods. Some people mm-hmm. actually were selling vegetables and stuff, which yeah. I thought was cool. Um, but yeah. And, and it's just a, I, I'm glad you guys got to see that because a lot of people, I mean, when I travel, all over, they're like, you live in Las Vegas, but, like, where do you live, live? Like, I'm like, you know, there's, like, neighborhoods around the casinos. Mm-hmm. Like, we—a lot of people assume, like, everybody lives on the Strip yeah. when you yeah. come to Vegas. Like, how do you think it all happened? Yeah. <laughs> all the people that clean the rooms have to live somewhere. Right?
1: Well, and, and that's the thing that was so cool about yeah. this is that—I mean, for us, anyway, after our first visit to Las Vegas, which was just very chaotic, we were like, mm-hmm. no— like we can never do that. Like it was just it, it too much. But again, coming coming and again now for a more extended period of time, it's really interesting because both of us tend to overanalyze things, <laughs> and so <laughs> what right who what <laughs> Hispanic people don't overanalyze anything. Um, but uh, what for me, what really struck me is that I find it to be a very odd environment in 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 that it's built for this one – you know, the, the strip anyway, right? It's built for this one specific purpose and there are all these techniques to like get you stuck in there and all that stuff. But at the same time, there are people like the vendors at the at the, at the market in the alley and, and you specifically too who grew up around this. And, you know, you like you've told us, you had lots of family members who have been involved in the like – what I'm going to call this like the Las Vegas strip industry your whole life – but you're – even through your art, you are creating in, in many ways a new economy, a new part of the community that is not relying on the casinos and the kind of three, you know, big companies that own all of them to uh, sustain you. Right. And, and I think that that's really important because, you know, like what happens if that ever implodes? Then what? Mm-hmm. You know, there are cities. We've seen what's happened in Detroit. You know, Ford moves away or maybe Flint, I think. Ford moves away and then and then what, you know? Yeah. So I thought it was really cool to see that because I think, like Robert was saying, it's something that, no, you know, you never hear about. It's this, you know, one kind of uh, promenade with all these hotels and, like, that's all that, you know, you're supposed to be interested in and that's it. But there's so much more to that, you know, mm-hmm. which I think is is important that people know about.
2: Yeah, and I urge I urge people to explore Las Vegas outside of the Strip when they come here mm-hmm. because, you know, all these chefs, all these big, big-name chefs on the Strip, most of them have satellite projects for locals, like mm-hmm. satellite little restaurants. Or, I mean, I always say pay attention to where the chefs eat that live here because mm-hmm. that's where the good food is, and it's way cheaper. And I think that supporting the local economy in Las Vegas is actually – a really positive thing because then it also makes the strip, like, step it up too. Like, mm-hmm. when there's better food, like, in small businesses on the, uh, in Las Vegas than, like, in the big-ass casinos that are supposed to be, mm-hmm. like, gourmet amazing, like, yeah. yo, you all – they already – they stripped away all the amazing things from the big casinos. You have to pay for parking now, pay for valet. There's, like, the buffet, you know, the pay reason – Pay for coffee in your room. Yo, that's wild. I cannot believe that. Mm-hmm. And Because before, like, that buffet that you ate at the Bellagio, like, before we would have been like, oh, whatever, we paid $3 for it. Mm-hmm. It was right. fine. Right. But it ain't fine no more if you're paying over 10 bucks for something. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to actually taste like food. Yeah. You know? So right. yeah. Like, before, we're like, yeah, we're going to Circus Circus. Oh, you don't like the buffet? Too bad. You paid it. It was $0.99. Yeah. Cents. What are you going to do? When Panda Express... Yeah. <laughs>
1: When Panda Express is a more sophisticated and and Oof. and and uh, <laughs> and, I, and I would dare say enjoyable experience than eating at the at the breakfast buffet at the Bellagio.
2: Oof. there's a problem. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, because sure.
1: their their Asian station looked dry.
2: Ooh, dry. No, no, no. I stayed away. Yeah,
0: I stayed far, far away. <laughs> um. I also wanted to give a shout out to your friend Erica,
2: who uh, oh
0: yes, (gasps) at at the Mirage. Oh my gosh! Mm -hmm.
2: Okay, so see, so I'm I'm full of contradictions, but uh, who isn't, right? (laughs) There are really cool things to see on the Strip. That's why I like that you guys were at the Flamingo, because even though it's like completely renovated, it's still weird. It has flamingos in the middle of Mm -hmm. the casino. That's weird. Yeah. But and Donnie and Marie, that's really weird. So. Uh the Mirage still has a dolphin habitat that's been there since nineteen ninety. Um and it's a research facility. And then after Siegfried and Roy, uh after, after uh Roy got um hurt during the show and he was like at a commission, they the the lions and the tigers and the jaguars that they had um, they were built a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, they always kind of live there at the Mirage, but mm-hmm. they weren't on display like a zoo, like they were before. Because they, right. you know, they were working. They're retired now. Right. Um, they're retired right. cats. Um, but there's this a- beautiful, yeah. yeah, beautiful sanctuary for them there now. And my, and so the dolphin habitat and the tiger sanctuary is connected, and they. <laughs> Uh, one of my really good friends, Erica, has a is the main dolphin trainer there. She's the curator of the dolphin habitat, so I got to take you to see that, and that's a really. Weird, specific Vegas yeah. thing. Now,
1: I, I will say, while that was a lot of fun, I mean, I thought, oh, great, we're just going to, like, go, you know, behind the scenes and, like, see the tanks. And, you know, yeah. like, we went to, like, their, 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 like their, their super, like, you know, like, uh, members only, like, professionals only uh, observation room, which is mm-hmm. really nice. And then we're just sitting by the the one of the tanks outside talking with, with you and your friend. And she's like, all right, well, take off your shoes. We're, like, going to get in the thing. And I'm like, in the what? <laughs> We're going to do what? I wasn't expecting this. And so she had us um, help feed and interact and pet the the
2: oldest. The matriarch. Yeah, the matriarch the of the whole
1: darn thing. Duchess yeah. who's 44 years old, mm-hmm. which is remarkable. Um, I think Erica told us that in the wild, uh, dolphins uh, typically live to only be about 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. that was great. She was so cheeky. And um she felt like uh You're talking about Duchess, Duchess. Not, not Erica. Erica. <laughs> Erica felt lovely. Um No, it was just really interesting to interact with the dolphins and and um and get to pet her, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. But also the the kind of purely educational element that they have going on there where there aren't shows, there aren't, you know, let's do like tricks and all this stuff for the entertainment of people um you know let's not starve them so that they learn to behave and actually do work um i thought is is something that you're hard pressed to find in a lot of places and i never thought that that would be um something that you would find attached to a hotel yeah in Las it's Vegas. a legit mm-hmm. research facility you know
2: um yeah.
1: which is which is really amazing
2: mm-hmm.
1: i think
0: yeah i wanted to jump in and just join them it I'm was so lie. damn hot it was, right? uh, but no. I also love water. So if I yeah. could become a sea creature, I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happily. Oh, like we were walking past. I. I forget. I forget where we were. We were walking past something, and I was like, I just want to jump in. I really just want to jump in right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then we went to see the um the uh the lions and the tigers.
2: Um. And the jaguars on oh my. And the jaguars oh my. And I told y'all, I was like, every time I come here, I run into Sea Creed like for the last like five times I've gone there and I cuz I've done a, some work with uh with the dolphin habitat as far as like doing like employee stuff mm-hmm. like I'll go in and do like a piñata workshop mm-hmm. as a, like a bonding thing for them um but and so and I've helped with some of the displays and stuff at the dolphin habitat um so I know a lot of people there so uh they they will tell me when Siegfried is there Because they're like, tell Justin Siegfried's here because I'd like to go say hi to him. Mm -hmm. But nobody even told me. I think he would just literally snuck in Mm -hmm. right when we were walking in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you're like, it's him. (laughs) Look. He he just went like Wroop. oh no it's Justin he tried to go away I was like hey it's Siegfried come back here I I was I was uh, gooped and gagged
2: yeah he loved you guys oh <laughs> oh
1: just me was it just me
0: that he loved Mm-mm.
2: I saw him um, caressing Daniel a lot too oh, I mean <laughs> you know. I'm just... Whatever. Could you be know, the he's from boy. a different generation. Yeah, He doesn't be, watch the news. I could news. be, you know,
1: <laughs> Mrs., Mrs. Siegfried. Mrs. Siegfried. Um, yeah, but you got to meet Siegfried. Know, that was, was so cool. And we, like, chatted mm-hmm. and we talked about mm-hmm. uh, his residency at Radio City back in the day, which we were walking through um, some something yesterday. I can't remember. It all, you know, gets completed for me. But I came back. But, um, I was like, oh, I go, you know, babe, I remember my parents went to that residency quite a few times. And somewhere at, in my apartment amongst all the photo albums is a photo of their, um, like, you know, the tiger truck. Because my, my mom and dad were walking past mm-hmm. to go to the, the theater and they were offloading the tigers into the theater. And my parents have a photo of the the Bengal tigers, like just wow. in the truck. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really cool because I was like, oh, oh, that's why that rung a bell. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, I don't remember it because I don't think I was even around, but I've seen the photo and, you know, my parents love Siegfried and Roy. Um, and when I sent my father a photo, he goes, but who is that? And I go, Siegfried. And he goes, oh, shut up. No, really? What? So, yeah, it was really special to, to meet him and, you know, kind of. See what, what he's helped create.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, there, so there are two more quick things
0: that we did that were really fun. The Pinball Hall of Fame mm-hmm. was amazing. Uh, they uh, restore and, uh, you know, ha- make the pinball machines, like, available for you to play.
2: Over 300 pinball machines in a big warehouse. It's awesome. Yeah,
0: it was amazing. And they're all
2: – most of them are operational. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they date, some of them date back to the 30s. It's yeah. awesome.
1: And I love they have on some of the older ones, they have, like um, – Information about them, what they've what, like, what they've repaired, what they've mm-hmm. uh, changed about them. It, w- it was really interesting because we used to do stuff like that at the Museum of the Moving Image, mm-hmm. where I used to work with with vintage arcade games. And so to get to play them was just like a really unforgettable experience. I mean, I was hooked on the Elvira ones.
2: I love. So, virus scared stiff. Uh-huh. That's my that, that's favorite. That's the better of the two. That's my favorite one.
1: Because that one, I mean, you just get more balls. Attack for your from money. Mars. <laughs>
2: Next time you come, you got to play Attack from Mars. Okay, that's my favorite. Yeah, all time favorite.
1: It was just really cool. We played both of them. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. you did. Alter- oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool.
1: And the uh, and the Adams Family one because I got Thing to come out of his <gasps> box. And no. Grab- yep. Oh my god. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Damn. That was cool. He came
0: out of his box to grab your ball. Yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> Is that what you were about to say? <laughs> yes. But I, I, they're just – they're in high demand. Yeah. Um, and the other thing was we got to see your show, Sorry for the Mess, at oh, UNLV.
3: Yeah. At the Marjorie
0: Barrick Museum. Um, what, I'm so happy that we did that after we did some sightseeing because I was – it was very easy for me to recognize some of the things that were referenced in the mm-hmm. show. And – one of my one of my favorite parts of it was so you have this uh, replica of the statue that's in the Caesars. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know who is the statue. Caesars it's, Lobby. It's one of the yeah. three graces. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, and then there's someone vacuuming next to the statue, like vacuuming the carpet, and you have a an outlet
2: uh-huh. on
0: the side of the statue, and I just thought it was just it was so perfect, like it just captured mm-hmm. captured it all beautifully, and I just, I really enjoyed that.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I've had, so I used to work at Caesar's Palace, and I've had the idea of making that sculpture for a long, long time, because mm-hmm. there actually is a sculpture in Caesar's Palace that has an outlet on the ankle, <gasps> or like on the side of it, and not like that, not as as uh-huh. uh, specific, but when you guys go check out the form shops, uh-huh. there's the part, there's the big. Uh, spiral elevators, uh-huh. and there's really, really giant lady sculptures, like holding up the that part of the oh, forum yeah, shops. Yeah, yeah. On one of their ankles, there is an outlet. I love mm. it. Yeah, so it's referencing that moment. I'm like, you know, like where would you, where else would you see that? You know, like an ankle, an ankle outlet.
1: <laughs> well, and what's so cool about the show that you you collaborated on with um, the artist uh, Ramiro Gomez mm-hmm. is that you like that was a combination of both of your. Styles mm-hmm. and I mean specifically like the the materials that were used were something that spoke to me quite a bit because you know you working with I mean tissue paper which is you know find something that's more ephemeral than than tissue paper it 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 kind of um, uh, I I think taps into kind of the artificiality of of a lot of the architecture in Las Vegas which is meant to impress and overwhelm but it is still. It's it's not the thing that they are referencing, you know. And so, so there's kind of something not quite right mm-hmm. about a lot of it. Um, and so – and I don't know if that was intentional, but that's mm-hmm. a lot of what I see in your art, specifically when you're doing things that relate directly to, you know, kind of architecture in Las Vegas or the carpets, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, now – Today on, on the way here while we're walking through one of the casinos, I was like, I'm paying attention to every carpet
3: because mm-hmm. I don't know
1: when it's going to appear again. And I think that, like, kind of uh, poking fun at that, like, artificiality is, um, I think, kind of what's needed.
2: Yeah. You know? And I think it's just also celebrating that that mm-hmm. facade. Yeah. And so – and I see it a lot. Like, I think that's why I love drag. I don't know if you know about drag. I did um, nothing. Uh, it's it's this little thing people do. What is drag? So, um, <laughs> have you heard of it? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, that's why I love drag queens so much because mm-hmm. I, I feel like most of the drag queens that I've met, it's like when you meet their drag persona, a, in a way, that's who they really are. Mm-hmm. You know, right? They're they're sh- with all that makeup and wicketry and whatever. They're showing you who they really are. I feel mm-hmm. like in a lot I feel like a lot of drag queens are actually more comfortable in their drag character. A lot of them are, a lot of them that need therapy are. So, um, <laughs> that's how that's I think people that live in Las Vegas and are from here understand that. Mm-hmm. And we don't see the facade. We actually don't see the facade as artificial. We see mm-hmm. it as reality. Mm-hmm. And once you start seeing the world through that lens that the facade is is and even when it comes to people that are you know people that are two faced or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like they're they're showing you who they really are. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, I love playing with that. Yeah, and and acknowledging that mm-hmm. because who are we kidding? You know what I mean? Yeah, like. Little details like that in casinos or in people's houses. I love, I love when I go to a house and they like, they paint the outlet so it looks like marble or granite or matches the oh, wall color. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like when people pay attention to that, I'm like, you're my fucking people. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. You know what I mean? Like those little details, there's something so special in that. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's an, it's an extra little understanding of, of, mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah. You know? Just with that simple gesture, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. And Vegas is full of that. Yeah, it, you know?
1: it's like, uh, it, like modular homes. You know, mm-hmm. where it's like, I want, I want, uh, you know, a, a mission style living room, but I want an open concept kitchen, and I would like um, the exterior to be Spanish Mediterranean. And it's like, whoa, like, but, but then it, but it's real and it's tangible and you can feel it. But yeah. there's still like you said it it becomes a part of of the reality and the consciousness because it's taking up space and it's yeah. quite permanent but it's just so cool how it's just no matter how aware you're trying to be about all of that stuff you just can't help it yeah because it's just like oh oh wow look at that and oh my god and you know it it i think even yeah. for the most jaded person um there's really no way of of uh, escaping that kind of effect it just works
2: yeah and that's why i love working in paper and styrofoam and cardboard most of the stuff you guys saw at the barrack museum was just styrofoam paper Mm -hmm. and and glue you know is because yeah it's just like highlighting that ephemeral nature of just everybody's existence Mm -hmm. you know and it makes people uncomfortable Mm -hmm. like you know you told me so many times i'm like these museum people must you must drive them crazy you, with I'm, with these pieces. I'm glad
1: I don't work in museums anymore cuz I might have worked in a museum ha- or two I, where we would have borrowed some of your stuff. Yeah. Stuff.
2: I have to tell people like with the you know like the, the collections people are always like, "Oh my god, a little piece of paper fell off." Mm-hmm. And they like put it in a Ziploc bag and they photograph it and and I so now when I go I have to tell them, like, if a piece of paper blows out of place, like, it's okay for you to put it back or, mm-hmm. like, comb it down or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to call me every five minutes. But yep. once people understand that. But I, I do – I love that they're treating my work with the same respect mm-hmm. that they would, like, yeah. a 19th century oil painting. You know, that's well, I, also very special. And that's
1: the beauty of it yeah. is that – and I've i I've, I've had – especially in my old job, I, I had some wackadoo shit mm-hmm. come through my hands. Like – Things that I was like, what the hell am I going to – you know, how do I condition report this? Like, it, you know, there, there, there's stuff falling off everywhere and um, it just kind of tickles me that, that your things go to, to museums where a registrar, or collections manager opens in and it's just like, fuck, this is a five-hour condition report, you know, mm-hmm. because like – and then having to make sure, well, this paper was bent when it got here so it has to stay that way and, and you know um, – yeah, I mean when when you're when you're uh, Muppet pile travels, that mm-hmm. that's gonna be fun.
2: there is a pu- Muppet of uh, a Muppet of pile, <laughs> a pile of Muppets in the show that I I love that piece. I'm so glad I got to make it for this show. It was amazing. Just to make a full size Snuffleupagus, mm-hmm. I just all my inner child mm-hmm. totally came out. Yeah. doing that show, which is great, and but on top of that, I just want to add like. I've actually had museum. oh, My God, we really got to go eat. I can't yes, even talk. Yes, yes. Um, Wrapping it up. Right <clears> so, okay, museum professionals have actually thanked me, and they're like, because of work like yours, like we have a job.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
2: and actually, somebody from S- the Sotheby's Institute told me, like, because uh, a lot of a lot of the people when they do studio visits, and she was part of a studio visit with with a bunch of other art professionals, that was a lot of their questions, like how do we how do we archive this how do we make sure mm-hmm. this lasts you know we got to make this archival what kind of framing do you know all these questions mm-hmm. and she just pulled me aside and she's like you know all these questions that they're asking you that's not your problem mhm you make whatever you want and our job mm-hmm. is to figure out how to preserve that work
1: right you're essentially in re- i mean and i can tell you this as yeah. a I don't like to say former because I don't think I will ever will not be an inherently a museum professional is that things like that that come through our hands really do enrich the field Mm -hmm. because artists, specifically living artists, because, I mean, the dead ones we've, you know, covered, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Cicados would use asbestos to conserve his own paintings, so like those things Jesus. get you know bagged yeah. and tagged and dealt with a specific way. But you're introducing an entire new set of problems. <laughs> I mean, you know that that over the course of a few years, you know, you have to deal with fugitive colors in the tissue paper and the glue may be giving out. And how do you preserve? You know, you use cardboard, right? Like, yeah. How do you how do you you know stop that from or at least not stop it, but but um, rather slow the, the 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 degradation of it. And I think that that's one of the beauty of your, for me anyway, is the fact that these things are like they will not exist at some point. Like it, yeah. it, it's guaranteed, and that I think it speaks to, I think the beauty of ephemera. Yeah. In in a way, and something that I think a lot of people don't appreciate because. You know, I mean, I hope your things never, never disappear, but it is just, you know, it's inherent vice and it's just something we need to deal with. And if we want to support artists that, you know, work in materials like you do, it's just something that the museum <laughs> community has to
2: deal with. Yeah. That, I, I always say, people get so mad, <laughs> probably my gallerists too, they're like, well, how long is this going to last? They'll ask me like when they, they see one of my piñata paintings mm-hmm. and I just usually look at people and say, how long are you going to last? hmm like I'm sure this thing will outlive us. Mm-hmm. It's paper, <laughs> like, yeah. and uh, but they're not thinking about their lifespan. They're thinking, is this going to be a good investment for mm-hmm. me? Which is, I'm coming from a place of privilege talking about art this way because if I, if I really wanted to make money off of these, I probably would make them a little bit more archival because mm-hmm. then people would buy them more often. But since my work is installation based, I can. I kind of have a little bit more power over my own uh, um, concepts mm-hmm. and and materials that I choose because the work of the nature is innately ephemeral, mm-hmm. and that's part of it. Yeah, you know. So, so I get to say things like, "Yeah, you figure it out." Mm-hmm. I I made these Muppets out of tissue paper, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> that's a great place to to stop and to wrap up this episode um, thank you for everything you've done this entire trip Aww. like you have made our trip so much better and, and so much fun and we've gotten like I, like we've talked about we've gotten to see so many things that we would have not seen otherwise so mm-hmm. really thank you from both of us <laughs> um it meant so much
2: to us you're yeah. welcome thank you you always show me a great time when i go to new york i i'm always over at your house hanging out um <laughs> we've gone out a few times <gasps> yeah oh my gosh that epic trip to sushi last time oh, that yeah. was amazing oh my god that you was you took me so all the way to connecticut much- i <laughs> loved <laughs> it <laughs> where, did, where that was great <laughs> Bayside. we Bayside. actually on Long Island oh but. sorry yes Long Island we went to Long Island um, it was a long trip that though. was that fun though that was really fun and so yeah I hope um, yeah I hope you have fun I have to go to Mexico tomorrow so you guys are gonna get to chill on get your own and get on get in trouble on this yeah. trip somewhere probably.
0: Yeah, we so. realized today that when you sent us the itinerary, we should have made
1: our own for the days after you're gone. <laughs> oh, you didn't? We didn't do
2: that. I hope you do that. Surprise! I hope you do that after this. We
1: we we started doing it over breakfast, complaining yeah. about yeah. We pulled out a Bellagio map and made. had it on
2: the table, <laughs> and
1: we're like, "This is over here and here." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, "Goodbye, fake chi lucky list. Hello, map." Yes, <laughs> um, yes, but thank you so much. It's really just been a. Um,
2: Really cool few days. Yeah. Hispanic guilt and all. Yay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is for another. That's the theme of this whole trip, Hispanic, Hispanic guilt. guilt. Oh, yeah. no. Don't do that. I got it. I no, you got it. Got no. it. No, no. You've done so much. Oh, bit But thank you. No, thank you for visiting me. <laughs> and I always tell my friends, like, come to Vegas. I'll show you around. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you give me enough time to plan ahead. And y'all, like, a year ago, you told me, this is when we're coming. Mm-hmm. And so it's been on my calendar ever since. I'm mm-hmm. so glad we but got we to were do like, this.
1: Really? You have no idea how much it means to us. It's really been an amazing experience. Yay. Truly. And we will yeah. be back.
2: Please. Yes. Mm -hmm. Please be back. Yeah.
1: Yes. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can
0: listen to your shows?
2: Oh, great. Yes. So you can follow me at Fav, F-A-V-Y, F-A-V. And then uh, my podcast, Latinos Who Lunch, which I co-host, comes out usually every Thursday. We're going to take a little bit of a break. Um, but we will be back again soon. Um, but you have over 130 episodes to catch up on if you've never listened to Latinos Who Lunch at Latinos Who Lunch on all social media platforms, latinoswholunch.com. And then I also have an art podcast, uh, and I try to put that one out every week, but that doesn't happen sometimes. <laughs> but it's called The Art People Podcast, at artpeoplepod on social media, and artpeoplepod.com. Cool. Mark.
0: Work. Well, we're Grizzly Kiki on everything. That means Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to follow us there.
1: And you can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com, and maybe we'll read yours
0: on the air. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify.
1: So until next time,
3: ding dong!